Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, well, welcome everybody to Cornerstone Church live online in your house, and pray that you were able to be ministered to by worship uh, just for the last few minutes there, and I'll tell you what, there's some really strong words in those songs that we were worshiping God to, that God's greater. You know, that's one thing I would declare, that God is greater than this uh, COVID-19, that there's another one in the fire with you right now in your home, that you've got somebody walking with you right now, that Jesus is with you. You're not alone. You might be in your house. You might be wishing he was alone if you had a bunch of kids in the house right now. I don't know, but either way, you're not by yourself. The Lord is with you. And uh, so I'm here today, and this is like the leanest crew we've ever had at our church for a Sunday morning that I can ever remember in my entire life. Right now, i got some of our elders over here. You can't see them. They're with us. They're like my amen corner today because of what the, the different recommendations and stuff. We scaled down big time as from last week. And so a big kudos and shout out to all of our worship leaders who came in and helped us prepare worship for you guys so you could have it at home. Thank you guys so much for what you did there, for Joey Palmer and all of his teams that are here right now production booth, everybody's helping out, but just so you know, we've got less than 10 in the whole building right now, man, we are, we are doing it, we are doing it. So before we begin the message today, a couple of things I wanted to share with you. First of all, I wanted to pray, uh, if you didn't get a chance to, if you don't know anything about our church, um, if you haven't heard me mention this, but we are very much connected with Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, and uh, they're our oversight church, Pastor Robert Morris and the team there. And uh, we lean heavily on their uh, insight. And so right now, one of the things that Pastor Robert is doing, along with many other pastors and churches and other leaders, we've been doing this locally and are going to be doing it regionally as well. But the goal is now to take and get the whole world in prayer together. Now, you might be thinking, how is that possible? With technology right now, we're reaching every house right now that wants to hear the gospel. We're going to have prayer going across the globe, asking God to do one thing. And this is from... Second Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to put this up here for you, but I'm going to put it up in a, in a form of an image. Uh, Carrie didn't know this, that we were doing this as well. This is one of our worship uh, leaders in our church, Carrie uh, touched on, and she put this up on Facebook the other day. And yes, I am starting to look at social media more now, especially since this is going on. Uh, I may not respond to everything, but I am trying to get involved with it a little bit more. But she posted this. I'm going to read this to you from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. The scriptures say, if I shut up heaven that there be no more rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence or a plague among my people. If, and obviously you need to understand this about the Hebrew, these are permissive words. So in other words, what God is saying, if my people, which are called by my... Listen, for a moment, time out for all the Christians watching right now. Stop looking at the world. He didn't say if the world did this. He said if Christians did this, if my people... We have to take responsibility for the whole place right now. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So that's what we're going to do right now. Before I preach the word, before I share a word, I want you to join with me right now in your living room with your kids, with whatever you got, with your dog, I don't care what you got nearby right now, but we're going to go before God in prayer just for about one minute, along with everybody else across this globe right now, and we're going to ask God to do this very thing. So would you join with me right now, just bow your heads while you're there at your house, and we're going to pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you 
that, Lord, you do hear us when we pray, God, that you are not turning a deaf ear to our prayers right now. And, God, we know that you are not the cause, in a sense, of this, of this plague or of this disease that's spreading across our globe right now. But, God, you are the one that wants to heal us from it. God, you may use the doctors. You may use vaccines. You may use science. It doesn't matter how you do it, God. But we ask you to intervene. And, Lord, we acknowledge things that are going on, Lord, that are not of you. Lord, we know as humanity we have turned from you in so many different ways. But, Lord, we are acknowledging that now and just asking you, Lord, would you intervene, Lord, as we humble ourselves today as Christians right now in their homes. Stop for a minute and ask you, Lord, if there's anything that I have in my life that is not of you, if there's anything in my life that you are asking me to do that I have ignored you or I've turned from, in Jesus' name we repent of that. We turn back to you today. And we ask you, Lord, would you come and would you hear from heaven? And would you heal our land today, Lord? Lord God, we got grandparents, we got grandfathers, grandmothers, we got kids, Lord, we got people that we know and that we love, God, have been impacted by this. In Jesus' name, would you heal, Lord, right now? Give the wisdom to the doctors, give the wisdom to the scientists. And God, I pray in Jesus' name, it would not be human wisdom, Lord. I pray that it would be such a divine wisdom and divine intervention, God, that they would actually acknowledge if it were not for the grace of God, we could not bring this to the market. We could not bring this, you know, antidote to the public. And so, God, we thank you for that. I pray for more leaders, political leaders, and I pray for spiritual leaders. I pray for all of us, God, to acknowledge you in this time and to ask you, God, to heal, not to depend on our own strength or wisdom, but, God, to humble ourselves and ask you, Lord, to heal our land, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're going to do that every week until we get to come back and meet together again. And can you imagine the prayers that's going all over the world right now, people praying the same thing. And so I just want to challenge you as Christians today, man, be in prayer for our world, be praying for our cities and our nation right now, New York and California and these other areas have been hit really hard. Please, please be in prayer for these cities in Jesus' name. And so... As we begin today, man, I did I just want to give a shout out again to everybody that's there, man. If you don't know how much this takes to put on, uh, man, you can just hang out with Joey Palmer for about a day. This young man has has definitely done more hours than I think there are on a clock. But nonetheless, man, we're going to bring it to you, the word live right now. So I want to talk to you today about something that um, we kind of alluded to in our notes there, as you saw on Facebook, uh, a little bit about authority. And I titled this message more of a question. I'm going to ask you all a question, ask myself this question right now, is who is in charge. Who is in charge? Who's in charge of your life? Who's in charge of your family? Who's in charge of the world right now? Because all of a sudden, the world thought that we were in charge, but all of a sudden, we've been brought to our knees. We are not in charge. We're not in charge of anything. I mean, we can't even get to Walmart anymore and get toilet tissue anymore on our own. You understand? They're having to quarantine and and isolate and say, you only get one pack of toilet tissue now because left to ourselves, we get out of control. We're not in control. We're not in charge. The question is, who really is? That's the question I fought a lot growing up. My grandfather, man, listen, he gave me a lot of wisdom growing up. My granddaddy, for years, he would do this. Now, when he was younger, this was a little different. He was definitely the man in charge. You know what I'm saying? In the house, he was definitely in charge. You didn't have to ask him. Everybody knew he was in charge. But as he got older, he started bragging about he was in charge. He would go around and tell people, like, they'd come over. He'd wait for five or six. He'd make sure we'd all kind of gather together, you know. And he'd make sure everybody heard him say, I'm in charge of my house. And we were like, man, that is so, you better watch out. I mean, Shirley would be in the kitchen cooking some stuff. I'm like, man, she's going to throw something in your 
porridge there, my man. You better be careful. And he would stand up and just even louder. No, I know I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my house. I'm in charge of all my household. I know I'm the boss of my house. And we were like, okay. He said, you know why I know I'm in charge? Because my wife said I could be in charge. And I thought to myself, man, you're crazy. You know, some advice that he gave me, some things that stuck with me, that has always stuck with me, some things he would say. But as a kid, you know, one of the things my grandfather taught me was, he said, son, you better get your own business in life. And I said, why is that? He said, because you don't like anyone to tell you what to do. And I thought, that's true. I don't. And I think I would probably write in saying this, there's probably many more of you out there, maybe throw up an amen in the comment section of your notes right now, if you're bold and brave enough to say so, you don't like for people to tell you what to do either. And as a kid, I fought this a lot. And it can get you into trouble, you know, if you don't know how to handle this. Part of it is maybe God's called you to lead something. But if you don't know how to manage that gifting, it can get you in trouble. The reality is that most of us don't like to be told what to do. I mean, you know, if you get in line at the store and you're in this line and they tell you to get into another line, automatically it bothers you, doesn't it? I mean, of course it does. No one likes to be told to wear their seat belts, even though you know you should, or the speed limits. No one likes this kind of stuff. I mean, everybody loves the rebels. We all do. All, the TV and the songs, man, on Star Wars, the rebels are the most popular group. I mean, it's Han Solo, the mighty Chewbacca, and even that squid admiral dude that's on the spaceship. He's that weird-looking guy. He's the part of the rebel team. Everybody loves those guys. But the reality is, when it really comes down to it, and understanding who's in charge, if we are rebelling against God or rebelling against any authority, then we are not yielding to God. We are saying we are running our own course and in our own way. So let me share a little bit with you today about authority, just a couple of thoughts. There's governmental authority. There's spiritual authority. There's educational authority, and yes, there's athletic authority too. You can't have a team without coaches and levels of of coaching. There's also corporate authority, but there's various levels of authority, but all authority, all authority in some form or another, it comes from God and not from man. All authority comes from God. All authority. And I know that some people take advantage of that, and some people do not represent God in the right way, but irregardless of how men run with something, authority, its structure, its idea came from God. So let me read this to you from Romans chapter 13. This is what the scriptures say. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority, watch this, they've been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants. One translation reads it this way. They are God's ministers. It is the same word used as a fivefold ministry gift of an apostle, pastor, prophet, evangelist, or teacher. It is a minister of God, ordained and anointed of God. Now, I don't know where you go with that with your theology, but that's what it means. He's a minister or she is a minister of God, another type, but a minister of God. They're sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also keep a clear conscience. 
That is an interesting word to me. Obey them not only because you don't want to get in trouble, but watch this. Listen very carefully. To keep a clear conscience. The Bible tells us this. If our conscience is bothering us, it's because we are wrong. The Holy Spirit tells us, line up, Jack. Get it straight. Submit yourselves. Repent. Turn to God. Whatever you need to do. But to keep a clear conscience, we obey them. And then this is the one that everybody, I know you love this next verse. Pay your taxes too, right? Everybody loves that one, right? All you guys, everybody who just paid their taxes before they extended the deadline, you're like, come on, man, did I miss, how did I miss that window? But anyway, for these same reasons as why we pay our taxes for government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Why does the Bible tell us this? Because right now, your governing authorities are telling you to do something that no one really wants to do. I don't like sitting in my house, or in my father-in-law's house, really. I don't like hanging out in their house, just sitting there all day going like, what am I going to do? I can't go anywhere. I can't do this. I don't like it any more than you do. But here's the thing I know. They're not telling it because they're trying to be difficult. They're not asking us to do this because they're trying to be jerks. They're trying to stop something from spreading and getting worse in our nation. That's the number one reason. And you can say it's a government conspiracy. It's this, that, blah, 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 blah. They're doing it to try to help us all. And what they're asking us to do, this is how I always gauge authority. If it's not unbiblical, if it's not unethical, if it's not immoral, if it's not ungodly, then I should be able to submit and do what they ask me to do. Period. If it's spiritual, if it's educational, if it's governmental, if it's corporate. I mean, if you're a student in high school right now and the teacher says, hey, man, I don't want you chewing gum in my high school, then you should just spit your gum in the trash can. Why? Because it's not unethical. It's not ungodly. It's not unbiblical. It's not immoral. You can do that. If they tell us to drive 55 on a road because they know the road is not designed for anything higher than 55, we should all submit to that and just do it. It's not anything they're asking us to do is ungodly or unbiblical or unethical. This is not the verse that some people take from Acts chapter 5. Listen to this. This is what Acts 5 says. When they preached the gospel and they were reprimanded for preaching the gospel or they were persecuted for preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 5 verse 28, they said, We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Instead, you filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. That is not the case we are in right now. No one is being persecuted for preaching the gospel. We are being asked to follow some simple orders. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Don't check out on me right now thinking, well, I know all this. Why do I need to just hang tight? Hang tight. Now is the time for Christians, by complying By listening to what the authorities are telling us to do, your voice is actually going to be louder and clearer when we come out of this than if we rebel and act like we don't want to hear what they have to say. The simple thing about it is this, our voice will be much louder by obeying than by being rebellious during this time. My heart is this. My thought is I'm praying for everybody in the medical field right now, man. I've told them, listen, if you need anything, our church is yours. You do whatever you need to do. We'll, we, we'll open the doors for you, whatever you need, man. Officers, if you need something, we're here for you. Government officials, you need something, we're here for you. But as long as they say, hang tight, reduce those who attend in your church services to 10 or less, you know what? I'm going to do that. Why? Because I want to be there to help when we get out of this. 
I don't want to be the kind of people they look to and say, well, you guys didn't listen to us before. Why would I trust you now? Man, listen, sometimes authority can be a blessing, and you've got to trust what God's doing in this season. And remember that God gives all authority. Now I'm going to switch gears on you. He gives all authority to government, but watch this. He gives all authority to his church as well. The beautiful thing is this about the church. The church is God's representatives to the whole world. And the church has never been about, well, we don't have four walls. We have like a, I don't know, octagon-shaped slash diagonal, whatever this thing is, fan-shaped room. But the church has never been about a four-walled room. It's never been about four walls. It's always been about the people inside. You know, you remember the thing when you was a kid? Here's the door, here's the, here's the steeple, open the door, and you don't see all the people. That's what it's about. It's about the people. That's what the church is all about. It's not just to meet on Sunday and to go home. It's to be the light, to use his authority that he gave us to reach people. And right now is a great time to know that it's never been about the buildings. It's never been about the pulpit. It's never been about a pastor. It's been about the people that God has called out to be his church right in your home right now. You are God's church, and he wants to use you mightily when this thing is all over. And just as a reminder, I wanted to kind of prime the pump a little bit as I show you and reveal some scripture to you today about the church and about the power of our authority that God has given us. But before I do, I want you to see an example of somebody in our church that did not confine themselves to four walls, that didn't base upon a church program or a church event, they decided to take what God had gifted them with, and they went outside of these four walls, and they were the church to our community. The church is not stuck between four walls, and maybe what God is doing right now is preparing us to get ready to get outside of four walls that have become so familiar with so many of us that we just are so used to Sunday morning routine that we've forgotten that there's a world out there that has never heard about Jesus Christ. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the authority of the church. Now listen to this in Acts chapter 16. Acts 16 and verse 25. This is around midnight. Now you might think right about now, we're kind of in a midnight hour a little bit, all across the world. The whole world is, is wondering what's going to happen next. But around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing hymns to God. This is why we worship God even in the midst of a trial. We're going to keep singing and keep worshiping Jesus right now. And then the other prisoners were listening to it. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now that's what I think God wants to see. I think that's what God is wanting to do. really is. He wants to see the chains of every prisoner fall off, not just if we go to church on a Sunday morning. And verse 27 says, The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, and he assumed, watch this, remember what I said about authority, watch how Paul responded to civic authority. He assumed, this, prison, this, this jailer, he assumed that they all escaped. I mean, wouldn't have you? I mean, I would have. If the door opened up, the chains were gone. Listen, Jack, I'm out. I'm gone, man. No, not Paul. Paul apparently kept everybody there because Paul said to him, as he was about to take the sword and kill himself, verse 28, Paul said to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Now, that takes some convincing, does it not? All of a sudden, the preacher has convinced everybody in the jail, hang tight, boys. I know the gates are gone. I know the doors are open. I mean, they might have been a little bit kind of like awestruck. Might have been why they stayed there like, yo, I ain't, I ain't moving anyway. This guy, I don't know what Paul's up to here. But everybody was in the room, and the Bible says this. They're all before, that he fell down before Paul and Silas. He called for the lights. He came in there. He fell down before them trembling 
And then he brought them out, all the prisoners with Paul and Silas, and he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? I wonder if this man would have been saved had they ignored authority and just ran out the gate. It's amazing sometimes how we can overlook the power of just respect for authority when they're not asking you to do anything ungodly. The Bible goes on to say this in verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your own home. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then the jailer and everybody in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Man, listen, this is what I'm praying for, that through all of this, that we would see a mighty move of God. And by listening to the authorities right now, if we have to have church on for a couple of weeks, I'm cool with that. It's okay. You can like on Facebook. You can float little hearts up the thing. You do all kind of stuff, man, to participate. Because the church has never been about being here on Sunday morning. It's always been about you being the church in the community. And Paul and Silas, they were arrested for preaching the word, but they were surrounded by four walls, but they kept praising God anyway. They didn't let the four walls hold them in. And you can still praise God too because you're not restricted by four walls in your home. Just because you're at home right now doesn't mean you can't pray for your neighbor down the street. Listen, you don't have to go up knocking on their door, but you can walk up and down the street right now praying for the people that live in your neighborhood or the neighbor right down the street from you that you've been wondering about them for years. Now's your chance to pray for them. And if they see you out from six feet away, you can proclaim the gospel to them. Whatever is needed. The authority, though, has always been what Jesus gave to his church. It's never been about what we built. It's always been about what he gave and instilled to his people. Now, I'm going to wrap up this message today with this. I built all that foundation to give you this because so many times we think, That where we are right now, in the four walls of whatever room you're in, I'm stuck right here. I can't do anything because I'm stuck in these four walls. But Jesus, his authority does not work like that. So I'm going to read this first to you and then wrap up this message today. Luke chapter 7 and verse 1 is one of my, probably one of my favorite verses. I know preachers say they have a lot of favorites. We do. But this is definitely one of my favorite verses of Scripture. And the reason why is because it's not just Jesus talking about a principle from the Bible. He brings in someone else who is not even of a Jewish descent. He's a Gentile. And it's the story of the Roman centurion and his prayer or his request that his servant be healed. So in Jesus, verse 1, chapter 7, verse 1 of the Gospel of Luke, it says, when Jesus had finished preaching to all the people, he returned to Capernaum. Capernaum is a small town near the Sea of Galilee. It says, at that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick, and he was near death. And when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So watch this. They earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anybody deserves your help, he said, this man does. For he loves, he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. He built him a church. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. 
I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Watch this very carefully. I know this will happen because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And watch this. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or to come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Listen to me right now. Just because you're in the four walls of your home does not mean that you cannot proclaim what God's word says. The power of God's word is not in the power of a preacher's mouth or in the pulpit of a church. The power of God's word is in his word itself. And when you declare something out of your mouth, when you proclaim what God's word says out of your mouth, it's just as powerful as Jesus himself is saying the words today. This is why the Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. And today we can still speak his word. Right now you have neighbors. You can pray over them. You can speak his word over their situation. You can speak the word over your situation. Maybe right now you're worried about your job. Listen, I know everybody's worried about their jobs right now. Everybody's worried about what's going to happen right now. You can declare in Jesus' name, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus in the four walls of your home because his authority and his power is not restrained to a church. It's restrained only when we don't open our mouth and declare what he says. When we pray things, and we sound a little strange to people sometimes, I know, but when we pray Psalms 91 and we say, no plague shall come near my dwelling, I'm not saying that on my authority. I'm saying that on his authority. He's the one that said it. I'm just submitting, watch this, under the one that is over me in authority. And he says, man, listen, when Jesus saw this, he said, I've never seen any faith this strong anywhere in all of Israel. And I know what you might be thinking, well, that sounds great, Pastor Jody, but I'm not a pastor. Well, listen to this. I got good news for you. You don't have to be a preacher to use what Jesus has given you. Matthew 28, 18 says this, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all, watch this, authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Watch this. Now he gives his authority to his disciples. Now you go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And lo, listen, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Listen, right now, I want to encourage you to take a moment today and remember the authority that Jesus has given you. You have the authority to pray, and he hears you when you pray. You have the authority to worship God, and he hears your praises as they go up before heaven. You have the authority to declare peace and protection over your family. And listen, when you do that, you're not doing it out of arrogance. You're doing it out of what he says in his word. Today, right now in your homes, listen, we don't know what's going to happen next week. To be honest with you, have we ever really known what was going to happen next week? No one has. You might be afraid right now. You may be in your home and it's just too much. It's just you're in fear. Listen, I'm going to pray for you today. But you're going to have to take God's word. It's going to be time now that you can't just depend on a pastor, depend on a ministry leader or somebody on Christian TV. 
You're going to have to take God's word for yourself. And you're going to have to declare with your own mouth. Psalm 91. You're going to have to declare Philippians when it says that my God shall supply all my needs. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I trust that you're going to meet my needs. You're going to have to declare what his word says by the authority of God's word and by being under what he said, but declare it with your own mouth. And I'm going to pray for you today. But here's my prayer for all of us, that during this season, listen, we yield to the government authority right now. I know it's a pain. I know it's irritating on one hand. But right now, let's just trust they're not asking us to do anything ungodly. They're not asking us to do anything that's, you know, inappropriate or unethical or immoral. It's just a simple request. Let's, let's be the kind of people they can trust so that when this is all over, we can have a voice in their life and help put things back together because they're going to need help putting things back together when we all get out of our homes again. And right now, man, listen, if you're struggling, if you're at home and you're in fear, trust God. Let's pray. Let's trust him. Let's declare what God's word says over your family right now. Listen, I want you to take a moment. Let me pray for you. I want you to close your eyes right where you are at your home. Maybe you hold your family's hands. Maybe you're there in the room with your kids. Maybe you're just sitting there by yourself. But understanding this, that you are not alone, that Jesus is with you always. He's always there. I'm going to pray for you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endureth forever, Lord. And God, we don't understand what's going on in the world right now. Lord, we do not understand everything. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next hour, God, let alone next week. God, there's so many people right now with fears, and they're afraid of what might happen. They're afraid of what could happen. And God, in the name of Jesus, we just, by your authority, Lord, you said you sent your word and you healed them, Lord. You said you spoke a word and you healed the centurion. So God, I speak a word right now, and I just declare in the name of Jesus, faith in every house that is listening to this message right now in the name of Jesus. I just speak faith over them. I just cancel out fear in the name of Jesus. I command that stuff to go in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear has to go in Jesus' name. And I pray the spirit of peace of Almighty God to fill every home right now that's watching this in the name of Jesus. I declare it, Lord. You said to speak the word, Lord. You spoke the word and the servant was healed. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak your word as well, Lord over our church family right now, and I pray for your peace to fill every home. And Lord, I pray for those that are watching right now that maybe they don't know you. Maybe they're without you. They don't know you, Lord. They're without Christ. They're without hope right now in this world. God, I pray for them right now, and I pray, God, that they turn to you. Just right there in an attitude of reverence before the Lord, with maybe with your eyes closed, your head bowed, just maybe with your heart towards heaven right now. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to repeat this after me. The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and our elders are here. We're going to pray it together. But man, listen, if you are at home and you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you today, and I give you my heart. I give you my life. I submit everything to you, and I make you my Lord. I ask you to forgive me. And cleanse me of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you. Everybody's clapping online. We're clapping for you right now. And like everybody online can give you those little happy claps, you know what I'm saying? The little things floating up right now, some hearts, probably something like that's going online right now. If you don't, guys, come on, give it to them right now. Let them know, man, you love them. 
And so, man, we're so proud of you. There's going to be some folks on there moderating the, the church page there. So if you need help getting started walking with Christ, here's what I'd love for you to do. Let them reach out to you. Fill out whatever information is there available to you, man. We just want to help you get started walking with Jesus Christ, man. That's what we want to do. So take a moment to fill that out for us, and we'll, we'll help you out with some of those things there. Listen, I want to encourage you with a couple of things before we leave today. I want to encourage you, first of all, listen, I'm excited about what might happen coming out of this. I really am. I am not excited for people getting sick. I am I'm heartbroken over the thing. I had a text just yesterday from a friend of mine who I was talking to about maybe possibly helping out with some things locally. And she told me about um, someone in their church, their grandfather just passed away from this COVID-19 out of Nashville. And it's just heartbreaking because I see this. I think about my family who, man, I want them to stay safe. I don't want them getting sick. I think about other people whose families are, are just devastated by this. And it breaks my heart. So I am not, I am not at all excited about those things. I am praying that this thing is, is eradicated and it's just is, is gone out of our nation quickly. But I am excited on the other side that God might have gotten us outside of our normal to make us think again about possibly slowing down a little bit and having us having a Sabbath and maybe getting out of routine and, and investing in one another again. I saw people sitting on their porches again. <laughs> you know, porches are what we used to sit on and talk to people when they walk by. Now they're just for like decor, but people are sitting on their porches again, walking in their neighborhoods. I want to encourage you today to prepare yourself spiritually. Get ready for God to use you after this virus stops and we can get out again. I want to encourage you in that. also want to encourage you, man, listen, there are friends that you have that maybe they don't know Christ. And you can take a moment to subscribe and like and forward this and whatever you need to do to help people that you don't know, that they don't know Christ, help them come to Christ or give them a word of encouragement and hope during this time. One other thing I want to share with you, someone texted me also this week about this. And man, in times like this, it really moves you to see how people respond and what they do and this individual texted me. He said, listen, man, I'm sending some money to help some people out with this. And I thought, that, that, I mean, he's only been in my church one time. I thought, how cool is that? And so I've got some folks that I know that need this, and we're going to help set some things up for them. But listen, if that's you and you're in a place of generosity, you can help. And man, continue to give, continue to support your church. We're going to be helping some folks that need it right now. Uh, desperately, I was talking to another nonprofit in town. He could use some extra right now. We're going to try to partner with them and get some things into some hands of some people that need it desperately right now. And I also want to say this. If you're in our church, we're going to reach out to you this week. Starting this week, you're going to hear from different people in our church that are now becoming volunteer pastors in our church. And they're going to be calling you, reaching out to you. It probably won't be me, um, but they're going to be reaching out to you. And they're going to be asking some simple questions. And one of the questions they're going to be is, listen, do you need anything? And I want you to be honest and let them know if you need something. Please don't be in need and not tell anyone. Let us know and let us see how we can help you in Jesus' name. And listen, just remember this. We're here for you uh, in anything that you might need. We're always here for you. You can go to our website, social media, or contact us at the church in any of the forms that's on the line right there. And remember this always before we go. We pray this over our church before we leave. Always want to declare this. This is one of those things where God told Moses to tell this to Aaron to declare this over the people of Israel. And so we declare this every week and more than ever right now is this the thing that we need. And so in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, the Bible says this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon. In Jesus' name. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. 
Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time. Oh,